welcome to the Beach and Black Podcast, an award-winning, unofficial podcast on Prince. For over 10 years, giving you Prince news, reviews, trivia, and all things happening in the Prince world. Featuring the host, Rob S. I think the craziest thing that's happened is when Prince invited me and Captain to meet with him in New York in 2010. Captain. Anytime Prince gets on the guitar and he starts getting up near that top fret, just get ready to blow your head off. Player. Oh my god, that's the Minneapolis sound right there. Toe Jam. There's just layers and layers of stuff going on in his music all the time in every speaker. Find Peach and Black on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. This is Sonny T, and you're listening to the Peach and Black Podcast. <laughs> yeah, this is your boy Mr. Hayes, and you're listening to the Peach and Black Podcast, baby. <laughs> yeah. All right, what's happening, y'all? This is Tony M, and y'all listening to the Peach and Black Podcast. The fellas, getting it in. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Peach and Black Podcast. We are back again to talk about news. The wonderful album from 2003. <laughs> just to no. confuse people. Why don't we just no. do that? Let's do no. that. Um, <laughs> there have been a whole lot of interesting, fantastic, unique crazy things going on in the Prince world. A lot of positive stuff as well, so let's get straight into it. We've got a whole laundry list that we're gonna get through today, but before we do, let's introduce the panel, like always, from left to right, player. The beautiful ones always smash the picture. Toe Jam. (gasps) My shrink says I'm not getting enough silicone. Silicone! (laughs) And... (laughs) Captain. This news episode is just for me because I don't know half the stuff that's on this list. So let's go. Oh wow, I totally forgot about that. This is going to be interesting. You can you can represent our audience and the panel. Um, and it's me, uh, Rob S, in the place to be. Uh, let's do it. Let's go through it. Got to get through from it from July till November to get that's to what it. We're doing. Yeah, I mean we're talking news. about pretty much the second half of the year. Let's start off with just busy, 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 busy. <laughs> Let's start off with Holly Rock. The music video that was released in late July on YouTube came out of the blue. That set the world on fire. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it really did come out of the blue, though. That was the plan. (laughs) So, well, player, you might as well kick things off. You kind of already did. You you said it set the world on fire. Now set the record straight. (laughs) What do you really think? Look, I'm going to be totally honest. I love the concept of the cartoon. I think that's really cool. Just the execution of it was really poor. It seemed like a rush job. I think the team that was put in charge of it didn't really have a background of Prince's legacy and history. Uh, they did a good job of what they did, but I just, it just seemed like a very repetitive thing. You know, there's a, um, I don't know the episode in The Simpsons where Bart is walking down a hallway with some cartoon director or something and they're reusing stills like they're walking but the yeah, background they keeps keep walking past yeah. the same house keep, the same tree yeah yeah and the same lady mopping the floor and all that it, yeah. it seems a little bit like that because they keep reusing the same graphic over and over and i got that feeling when i was watching this video like it is good but i'd rather see like someone in the fan community do it there's lots of people that are creative that do that does this sort of thing Troy with the puppets, like um, Petit, ah. Le Petit Prince, get him to do a video with his, you know, with what he does. That's the sort of stuff that I reckon would be really cool. But for what it is, I mean, it's a cool concept. Just the execution, it just, it's just like, oh man, they could have done so much better with this. But it, it seemed like they had a small time frame window, and they just reused a lot of sh- intercutting shots, and yeah, we just got what we got. 
it seemed to come out like uh, just as originals were starting to you know round up and then yeah. suddenly this is out and it was kind of interesting and I think it was because a lot of people were talking about how good Holly Rock was on the originals disc including ourselves and I wonder if they thought oh well, let's let's actually rather than just putting out because they put a lot of them out on they put all of them out on YouTube just with like a still image yeah um, and then this one they decided to do a full you know animated video for um, I totally agree with players thing like is kind of a bit, it sort of lacks some energy that the song has. Yes. Prince's yes, exactly. face kind of looks a bit weird just looking at you the whole time. It's just, I don't know, it's, it's, it's kind of, it's an awkward watch. <laughs> yeah, that's my thoughts. Well, don't forget, part of that why you say it sort of lost something in the video, don't forget that was an awful audio edit, the music oh, on that video. It's cut oh, all over yes, the place. Like every cut, yeah. every 20 seconds there's another cut and you instead of going where it's supposed to, it goes somewhere else and you're like, what the hell is going on? That's yeah. my first well, problem with Well, just think if they it. had it done the full version, you would have seen the animation even more. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Be careful what you wish for. Exactly. <laughs> but, like, that was the biggest annoying thing for me because I cannot stand. Like, I don't mind an early fade. That's okay. For a single, I understand that. But to just chop stuff yeah. all over the place, that's insane. Especially when you know a song. Yeah. That is the most annoying thing. But the other yeah, thing is, is I don't even yeah. get why they spent money on this video no matter if it cost them a grand or 20 grand i don't know but i just don't know why they even bothered i mean who was this marketed to i don't understand the point of it i mean it wasn't really a single i mean you, you weren't buying it why spend money on this video no no answer Silence. that's a great question <laughs> that's a great well, question we don't even know if they even did i mean for all we know this is someone's like you know just a little project they didn't send it in and then the state's like cool can we put it out you know, we don't we don't know maybe maybe but it was just a weird thing came out of nowhere and i'm just like what what is this it didn't make any sense to me still doesn't as great as the holly rock song is the video not so much yeah i remember when when it first came out and i pressed play i really was enjoying it up until the halfway mark or so and the reason i say that and is they because they start chopping it up <laughs> yeah and then they're repeating scenes and yeah. yeah it kind of just falls by the end it falls flat of what i thought it could have been like i love the concept so i think it's so much better than using archival footage like i would yeah, rather watch this over that manic monday disaster video any day of the <laughs> yeah. week because at least this has some fun. It's like reminiscent of cartoons and like manga type comics. Yeah. And yes, the execution is not amazing, but it's still better than just reusing bloody rehearsal footage that doesn't even suit the song at all. Whereas this, you know, there's some neon colors. It adds some vibrancy to the music. But the thing that really, uh, funnily enough, peeved me off more than anything else was the fact that, yes, this is a Prince original and everyone knows or should know that it became a Sheila E song. But the reality... <laughs> is that this bloody manga cartoon version of the female character, like, who is that? Why yeah. couldn't they... It's a very generic female <laughs> yeah. and who's literally there for two shots in the whole video. And she doesn't look anything yeah. like Sheila. Like, why Sheila. have this anonymous woman when you could have had a Sheila-esque person, even if you didn't want to replicate her? I think it would have added so much more credibility to the video, even though it wouldn't have solved the other problems. But anyway, you know, it's kind of fun... But would I ever watch it again? That's the question. And I think the answer mm. to that is no. No. Yeah, and Originals Roundup. I mean, we did a six or seven hour overview, I should say, of that release. So I don't think there's too that's much what more got, to add. Yeah, that's what got released to the public. Well, that's <laughs> been over 10 hours recorded. <laughs> Look. Yeah, I think we've said more than enough on Originals. I agree. Yeah. One day our listeners may hear the Originals of our Originals review. <laughs> 
the, the originals, the new master. When the Peach and Black Estate decides to release all our <laughs> stuff when, when we're all gone, yep. that's when it'll come You'll out. You'll really get all the outtakes. Oh, jeez, guys, we are going to start thinking about that. Have you guys got a it's will? It's all on What's cassette going? as well. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the question. When was the last time any of you listened to the originals album? Hmm. When we reviewed it. Yeah, I, think, I listened to it. A, to I listened to it a few weeks no, ago. I, I listened to it now and then, probably a couple of weeks ago. I listened uh, few, to it like two, three a couple weeks of weeks when we recorded it, and that was it. Not once since. As good as some of those tracks were, I mean, I'll get back to it eventually, but yeah, yeah I haven't listened to it in ages. Now, I'm still listening to it. I think part of the reason is that, I don't know if you guys do playlists and stuff, but I added that album oh, to a playlist of albums. <laughs> now, this is not my resequence crap this is like just <laughs> just just playlist hey, of, you said it of, you said it was crap yeah well you know because <laughs> i know what you guys are thinking so i just got to pander to you now I just, you know like, <laughs> so um captain we moving answered on. your question but yeah moving on to cafe de paris or to our international audience cafe de paris 1998 uh <laughs> that whole show for the aussie bogans it's the paris cafe <laughs> 98. Yeah, so, 98. So, so this was a show. This was a show that was filmed in that year, 1998, and Princess State uploaded the whole show. Is my understanding to uh, YouTube? I don't know if they've put all the tracks, but they've put up a lot, and they're well, still uh, putting them up. A fair few, yeah. So yeah. So every week or so, they put up another track, and it's got to the point where pretty much the whole concert's out there now, mm. which is interesting because I thought I thought they would have saved that for some sort of um, something people actually paid for because it was really? an officially released concert, <laughs> and suddenly like the whole thing's officially on YouTube now. Well, well the thing is, I just want to preface this by saying we're not going to talk about you know our thoughts on the show or, or review no. the show no. because we may do that at some point in the future. Hint, hint. But it's out there. So does anyone have any thoughts on the fact that it has been released? Yes. <laughs> I walked into that. Captain. Out of every possible pro shot show that exists, that's the one that they choose to put up on YouTube. Like, For free, though. Take that into consideration. Oh, For free. Well, yeah, that's free, interesting. That is interesting. To me, free is about all it's worth. Like, I think out of all his officially released videos, concerts, whatever, this is my least favorite. I really don't like it. And yeah, I, I haven't watched a single one of these videos that they've put up on YouTube because I just don't like the show. So well, you, you, you know, know what the great thing is, Captain? You don't have to buy it because it's free. <laughs> exactly. But they're putting stuff on YouTube, obviously, for people to see. And it's like, oh, look at Prince. This is, you know, all these millennials. Oh, look at Prince. Look how great he was. This is not the show that I would be showing it's them. It's not a representation. Yeah. No, it is a... It is not. Well, it is a representation, but what you guys are saying is that it's there are better shows that they could have released, <laughs> it, right? Yeah, yeah. It is a representation of a bad 98 after show. That's what it is mm. in my eyes. But anyway, look. Yeah. There's no way they're going to upload Love Sexy or um, Syracuse to YouTube, or yeah. this 1999 show that they're about to release. Like, They're not going to release those for free. So, I mean, if they're going to release something for free, they might as well release this one if they're going to do a whole concert. But even then, it's only 40, what, 45 minutes or so of the actual show. Mm. Yeah, it's a bit random. It's a bit random, right? Yeah, it is random. I'm trying not to be negative about it. Like, I don't want to be negative on everything that the estate does. But in, in terms of what they're releasing, as far as things that are free, I agree with Captain. Like, if people are going to YouTube to look at something from Prince, I see these sort of opportunities as for a better word, a gateway drug. So if they can get hooked, like through some something, you know, yeah, through exactly. Prince's brilliance, then that's the sort of stuff you got to put online. 
And yeah, that's this, the thing. That people are going to be like, oh, you know, oh, Prince, oh, everyone said he was like the best live. Yeah. Oh, look, look, here's a, here's a live video on YouTube. Let's go and watch that. And it's like, you know, one of these crappy songs from that crappy show. Seriously, that is not going to make me go, oh, I need to see more. I'll turn it off. Well, here's it's an interesting counter to that. Do you think anyone, present company excluded, I would love to know. This is a rhetorical question, by the way, so I'm not looking for an answer. But, you know, we'll, we'll get one. Would have put I, yeah, on, on this show. <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh, you know, is it possible that, that someone could see this for the first time and A, enjoy it, and B, actually go, oh, absolutely. This, this oh, is sure. Uh, this it's is possible. Cool. In this, I mean, possible. There, there are some good yeah. tracks. There are some good tracks on here. Even uh, there are a couple tracks that even hardcores would, would enjoy listening to. I'm not saying the whole show for a hardcore audience, but. The other thing is that Prince himself put this out when he was alive, so he must have thought something of it to, to do that. So the fact that the estate are releasing it, I think it's random, but I don't, I'm not like, well, this doesn't have any value or merit. Um, I mean, if you're a Chaka Khan fan, you, you're going to be digging this regardless if Prince <laughs> is on stage or not. <laughs> so it's like... We always have to remember that we are spoiled Prince fans and we know what he's capable of. And so when we see stuff like this, we're like, well, this isn't as good as this particular era or this particular show. Mm. But I still remember enjoying this when I first watched it. I remember uh-huh. buying the VHS from the NPG music. Yeah. What was it before the musical? NPG Online LTD. I bought it from there and I waited wow. a couple of weeks for it to arrive on VHS <laughs> It arrived and yeah, still got it. The original cardboard box and everything. I was pumped. See, I remember I watched it when it came out maybe twice, and I'm just like, no. Nah. <laughs> but you yeah, know, it's if, interesting. It's, it's forgettable. I'm just putting myself like, yes, okay, I'm the spoiled prince fan. But mm. if I try to think, okay, I'm the estate, we're going to choose a concert to put on YouTube to get people interested. This is not what I would choose. That's all I can say. Mm. Yeah, it'd be really interesting. I mean, again, I wouldn't, I wouldn't suggest for people to go on YouTube and read YouTube comments because I think reading YouTube comments is probably one of the easiest ways to give yourself a brain <laughs> hemorrhage <laughs> these days. Uh, and if <laughs> it's just a really poor way of spending your time, unless, of course, you're on the official Peach and Black podcast YouTube channel where we would love you to leave <laughs> comments <laughs> and feedback. But I actually haven't read the YouTube comments. I wonder what they are. You know, I, I do imagine that there's a fair, fair few number of people saying that it's a good show. In fact, this is not a great thing to say. I haven't even read the YouTube comments. So I'm going to go there live while you guys discuss amongst yourselves just to have a look. Uh, but we can- They're going to be all positive. It's, it's going to be all, you know, we love Prince, we miss Prince. Yeah. This was yeah. great. Yeah. That's, that, that is the strange thing. It seems that before he died, you know, on any Prince video that you could find on YouTube at the time, it was about 50-50. It was like, oh, Prince is great from all the Prince fans. And then you'd get all these other guys going, you know, oh, he's gay. Oh, you know, any ridiculous thing you could think of. But since then, it's mostly positive comments on the videos, which I find interesting. I mean, there's still a few, like, serious, hardcore, malicious commenting people, but that number seems to have dropped a lot from pre-April 2016, from what I've seen. That's just interesting. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I don't know how many of you, Captain probably doesn't remember this, but there's like a two-minute, it's called the instrumental jam. It's just kind of playing around, right, by the band and Prince on guitar, but 1.3 thousand thumbs up, 16 thumbs down. So I think, you know, that's an example of the estate have released something and the vast majority of it is positive is a positive reaction to it. So, you know, just putting it out there, I don't know what to well, think of it. let's review it properly one day. Yeah, we should. 
I think we should. We know what Captain's going to say. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, spoiler alert, I sort of spoiled the review. <laughs> <laughs> Going from one awful video release to a bloody great one, now we go to that. Let's go. Let's do it. Sign of the Times concert film was re-released by Turbine Media Ooh. on the 13th of September this year. And oof, where do you start with this? I mean... You've got to start with the Peach and Black podcast commentary. Oh, is that objective? <laughs> You've got to start with it. <laughs> <laughs> well, for anyone that ding, doesn't ding, ding, know, ding. yeah, that's right, yeah. For anyone that doesn't know, we, we were invited out of the blue to do a commentary, which we did do. We contributed not only our first Peach and Black commentary for anything, but we actually contributed our first take, our first and yeah. only take commentary to yes. that concert film so just putting that out there because we have we have had that's questions from people <laughs> that's a that's that's a really big deal for us <laughs> there's a, no there's a few people out there going yeah it sounds like a first take <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe i shouldn't have re- revealed that that could go that could go either way well, at the start of that we all said we'll just we'll do a practice one and see how it goes and then we got to the end of it and we were like that's not bad <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, and then I we're like, I don't want to do it again. <laughs> I, t- I mean, to take Captain's f- comments and, and just to add a, a little bit to the picture there. The other thing from my recollection was that we thought because we were all happy with how we felt talking to each other while we were watching it. And it just kind of felt right because it was it felt spontaneous in many ways as well, because some of us hadn't watched the movie for, for, for years and years. Yeah. And so when we finished up, it was like, OK, we could do this again. But potentially that... It wouldn't be the same. Yeah, that that spice or magic or whatever you want to call it, even just the rawness of doing it for the first time together, it wouldn't be... It would be like, you know, Dirty Mind, right? It's like demo but raw and, and it means something rather than some glossy version of an album. So we thought, you know what, why why redo something and force it when... Like, we all had a great time doing that bloody thing. So, <laughs> And we were happy with the results. Hopefully everyone that's heard it, yeah, enjoys listening to it as well. But the release itself, my goodness, oh. w- was it exceptional? Like, I mean, our involvement was the commentary, and that's it. Basically speaking, that that's our involvement, and so the rest is just. Oh, we were just I, as excited to yeah, get our copies. Yeah, as turbine, else. Yeah. turbine media entertainment people. Congratulations! Did a great job. Yeah, they blew it out, blew it out the park. This releases. I mean, the videos. I don't see that much difference in the video from the previous great versions that are out there, but the audio on this is unbelievable yeah mm. like it just yes. sounds so good you can blast this so freaking loud and it's you can blow it's, your head it's off it's really this. good you can it is great yeah it's a, it's exceptional but the whole project like we, as uh, you guys just said yeah. we, we had no idea how it would turn out we didn't know anything other than we submitted the commentary and what we're all saying now is that it's remarkable you know that vinyl size box is super cool that martin homlin artwork is beautiful oh, yeah documentary is illuminating in many parts the extra interviews they're 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 cool as well like they add insight and share lots of little details and love for the project sound quality captain spoke about is just out of this world video is clean but it always was i mean this is without a doubt the definitive release of this film and the love and care these guys and girls have taken is like par excellence so it's just at, Dr. Funkenberry and Edgar and everybody else that's contributed. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's really great release. And if you have missed out on it, there is a media book version, version. which is like a standard DVD case well, size, released on December 13th. So. Because not to mention, the original first release version was sold out by the release date. Yes. Like, it was gone. By the day it came out, it was gone. 
which is, and I think it was what, 3,000 or 2,000? It was just totally sold out, which is insane. That blew me away. But yeah, now there's is that because our, our name commentary, was like in smaller letters, smaller letters in, <laughs> like people didn't realize? Now, people heard we were on it and they just, take my money. Shut up and take my money. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, we have to thank Turbine as well. Again, I mean, you know, we've thanked them already. Yeah. They know that. But since we're talking about it, thank you so much for, for asking us. You know, how could we say no? That's for sure. And the other thing is, you guys did such a great job. I mean, it's like amazing. Any Anything more on Turbine? Well, does anyone want to address the US listeners that keep saying, oh, but will this be I wouldn't released mind. in the US? Yeah, I wouldn't mind. <laughs> because we get that question every time we post it. Well, if you guys Look, don't mind, yeah, oh, unless Captain wants to go, if he's got something I just to want say. to say, there's, there's two things. First of all, it was released in Germany under those regions that are there they are not compatible with the regions in America unless you have a multi-region player. Now, because you're in America and certain things suck about living in America, a multi-region player will cost you upwards of 150 US dollars. Everywhere else in the world, they cost under about $35. So that's the problem that you face. Like the, the powers that, yeah, but that's you decide not that you have Correct. to pay that much for a multi-region player. There's nothing we can do about that. There's nothing yes. that Turbine can do about yes. that. Turbine, Turbine did not And we feel bad yeah. that you cannot listen to it. But because of the stupid licensing laws around this particular film, because Warner Brothers, I think they didn't want anything to do with it after Under the Cherry Moon Cherry bombed. Moon. They mm. just split it up into all these different countries and regions. And it's never been re-released in the USA since 1988, the original release. So I don't know well, who even HHS owns the rights anymore for that. But what can I say? Well, the other thing is write that a letter to someone. The other, the other thing is that <laughs> this this deluxe release comes with two DVDs and two Blu-rays. And so when Captain says you can't see it or you can't hear it, he's talking about the Blu-rays because my understanding, unless I'm wrong, with no, the documentary the film, is yeah. region free, but the film with the commentary with us on it okay. is region locked, even yeah. on DVD. Yes. Oh, yes. See, I haven't tested the DVD. So one disc, yeah, one disc. So the extras disc that can be played anywhere. Oh, but okay. the actual movie part, yeah. Yeah, the actual movie with our commentary, which is the real reason you want to get this, <laughs> you can't hear that. Yeah. So that's pretty sad. Yeah. Okay. For example, if you have a Blu-ray player, Google your model number and see if there's a unlocking code in your remote. You might be able to. And if to, there is, yeah. you maybe unlock it and watch it. For those that want to try it, that's one possible solution. Another yes. solution is that if you've already got a Blu-ray player and you want to watch this so much and you're in the US or Canada or somewhere that doesn't you know, allow you to, the equipment there doesn't allow you to watch it, you can buy, and I mean, this is kind of common sense, but just to try and help people out, you can buy a really cheap multi-region player sometimes on the used market, eBay, you know, whatever, Gumtree, whatever the equivalent is in, in your country, you can give that a shot. And you'd be surprised sometimes by, you can pick up some really cheap stuff. So there is that as well. But oh, you know what? Also, a lot of older computers have region-free DVD players. Yeah. So check that out as mm. well. Because before everyone got super serious into, let's lock these bastards out of this region, <laughs> you know, a lot of computers just had region-free DVD players and they would literally play anything you put in them. So it might have to be a, fairly older computer but give it a try all right speaking of releases and things that have come out this year there's been a continuation of the reissue series 
And I'm talking about Versace. I'm talking about chaos and disorder and how can we forget or not forget emancipation. All those... But but was it on purple vinyl? That's the question. (laughs) Yes, it was. That's what we're all dying for. That's what we are dying for. Unfortunately, (laughs) it was on purple vinyl. But, you know, we've already reviewed the Versace uh, experience so you can hear our thoughts on that in a previous episode. Well, we've reviewed Chaos and Disorder and Emancipation, the albums. But I, for one, I, I like that these reissues are coming out. Like, I'll never say that reissuing a, a Prince album that is hard to get or is out of print is a stupid idea. I think it's a brilliant idea. The quicker they reissue every single album, the better. But the fact that some of these albums are coming out on vinyl for the first time is awesome. So for all you vinyl lovers, the ability to get them on LP is just amazing. Uh, except for Versace, of course. But you know um, how um, how people say, like a car, like you know, red cars go faster. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Purple vinyl sounds better. <laughs> um, let's not get into that conversation. But um, <laughs> yeah, they, they they do sound great. Uh, again, I haven't heard Versace, and nor will I. But anyone that's heard the Chaos and Emancipation ones can attest to it. It's just a cool experience. The warmth. And in some cases, the imperfections of vinyl come through in a really great way. And those records sound as good or better than they uh, normally did, I think. So, yeah, great stuff. Keep them coming. What do you guys think, if anything? I mean, I don't really have much of an opinion on it. I think it's it's good that they're putting them out for people that want them. I mean, I'm, I'm not particularly worried about vinyl. Uh, I mean, the, to me, the Versace experience was the only interesting one because that was a, that was something that was extremely rare. I mean, we obviously talked about it in the show. You can go back and listen to it. But that was, I mean, Chaos and Disorder, Emancipation, everyone's got them already. Well, if you're a and new fan, again, no bonuses. if you're a new fan, though, if you're a That's new true, fan and you I mean, walk into the if shop. If you're a new fan, are yeah. you going for the collector's vinyl market or are you just going to download Well, no, no, no. But remember, these reissues, they do exist on CD as well. So what I'm saying is Chaos and Disorder, Emancipation yeah. CD, people who still buy CDs or they want to buy the, you know, the digital product or even on streaming services, they, I mean, they're already available on streaming. But Yeah, no, I'm, yeah. I'm happy for all that, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, um, yeah. So they've done a few now, haven't they? They've done Musicology, they've done Thirty One Twenty One, Planet Earth, these three. Yeah, um, rave. So I mean, rave came rave, out. Rave, rave into as well. It's good stuff. So, so what's, what's next? next? What's going to be yeah. next? Who knows? Well, what else is from that symbol period? Is come? They haven't done come yet, have they? Gold, gold experience. No, no. It's gold experiences. Warners. Gold experience isn't coming out until they settle that freaking lawsuit. So I'm not holding my breath for that. Mm. I mean, potentially they could put out like the Chocolate Invasion, Slaughterhouse, stuff like that. News might be next. A news vinyl that could be interesting. Oh, that'd be cool. You know the you know the interesting thing about Chocolate House, Chocolate House, Chocolate Invasion, <laughs> Slaughterhouse. <laughs> Captain hasn't heard his dessert today. <laughs> the Chocolate Invasion, Slaughterhouse, and say Expectation. None of them have been physically released ever. That's such so a good point. So to get point. them out on CD and vinyl could you know yeah that might tempt me to actually buy a physical product well even something like one night alone which did come out but was a limited release on uh i believe Mm. mpg no was it mpg music club maybe mpg online or something like that yeah yeah. so so that would be great Mm. i mean even news that deserves a reissue because it's hard to get that physical copy you know I, i never had a um when I was in the MPG Music Club in 2002, I was we went halves. I went halves with my mate Andrew, 
And um, at the end of the year, when they released the box set with the three CD live and the one night alone piano disc, uh, we were like, well, what are we going to do here? It's like, well, one, someone take one, someone take the other. So I got the box set, the three CD box set. He got the one night alone piano. And <laughs> looking back on it now, the one night alone piano on CD is probably the actual rarer, yeah. <laughs> more interesting item because the box set was released in stores eventually and everyone got one. So I kick myself now. I'm like, damn it, I should have <laughs> asked for the piano disc. Damn you, Andrew. I would have liked for them to have put a bit more effort into these releases like they did with Ultimate Rave, like with the extra mm. artwork and the, the mm. a little bit more, you know, they re- sort of mixed into and unto and had the live thing. Just something just to get, you know, the people that already has the release something a little bit extra. Yeah, mm. a bone. Throw us a bone. Yeah. Oh, who? I was with Jam or Player, I don't know, a few weeks ago, and I actually saw the physical copies of like Versace and originals and I hadn't even seen them and they just look so cheap like those really crappy little cardboard digipack things I was like mm. I'm not paying 20 bucks for that that's that's, <laughs> that's rubbish like you said you know put some put some you know effort into it and make it something you actually want to buy yeah it's you know, interesting yeah the packaging is really crappy for me maybe that's just what packaging is in 2019 I haven't bought a CD for a while but I was really unimpressed with that sort of really thin cardboard. It's not even like the old digipacks, which were like a really thick cardboard. This is so thin. It's it's no, not good. Thin. Yeah, and, and the funny thing is, is like if you're gonna buy it on CD, you're buying it because you're a collector. Because you know all of this stuff is on YouTube. It's all on Spotify. So yeah, like I keep saying, throw us a bone if you're gonna release it physically. Make it give worth us some buying. reason to buy a, a physical. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're a collector. A booklet, or, a booklet, you know, something You're like buying that. it because you want a physical product. So exactly. don't give us the cheapest possible <laughs> product. Seriously. Yeah, so Toe said collector and then Captain took the words right out of my mouth. He said the physical product exactly on the money of what I was thinking. Like people that buy stuff physically these days that is available online, it's because they want to connect with something, even if it's some stupid little bit of cardboard, but at least make the cardboard thicker or like more presentable not not um, fall apart after the fourth yeah, time you listen to it exactly now yeah. inside well, that's the yeah. thing when you're handling it you get dents and little things because in it so and if flimsy. it's all flimsy yeah. yeah it's just not worth the money is it so i think the cds they, they didn't do a great job on the vinyl by and large they did do a great job on as far as at least the mm, quality the vinyl of the, looks the a lot pressing. better like i I was with Toe Jam in Canberra and we saw, I think, the Emancipation, like the massive box set. Mm. That thing looks, that's a serious thing. Yeah. I, if I wanted to buy that, I would buy that because, you know, it's it's worth buying. Yeah. But these, these CD things, no way. Well, even the artwork on vinyl releases, you know, if you are a huge fan of an album, yes, you're getting the vinyl, but the liner notes, Big if there pictures. are any. Yeah, it's, it's kind of cool. So... Uh, you know, it's out there for people if they want it. Now, I mean, what a what a year this has been, but especially like these last few months or the back half of 2019, and there's still insane amounts of material coming up. But as far as releases, there's there's also been some books. I think the key one that we need to talk about at this point is the Morris Day memoir, which he collaborated with David Ritz on. For anyone listening uh, that's not aware of David Ritz, he's a fairly big time co-author, co-editor. He did some pretty big books. Rick James comes to mind, Marvin Gaye. I mean, now he's done the Morris Day memoir. It's called On Time, A Princely Life in Funk. Came out on the 8th of October. Uh, so early October. It's been out oh. for about a month or so. He should have called it, he should have called it Timeless. What's he doing? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, I don't know if you guys got my message the other day where I said I would have loved to have seen the alternative title be something like 
I want to see Asses Wiggling, a memoir by Morris Day. But <laughs> it kind of makes sense <laughs> with regards to the, t- to the title that they used. I've got some thoughts on this one. What, what do you guys think? I, I know nothing about this book, Ooh. so somebody okay. talk. Yeah, I haven't read it. I've, I've watched a few interviews promoing it, but I haven't actually read okay, it. Okay, so I have read it. Has anyone, well, you guys said no. Uh, Play, have you read it? I haven't read it, but I heard the audio book version. Okay. And it was Ooh. quite entertaining. Yes, that's, um, that's very true. I don't, I don't know if we should be giving away um, spoilers or anything, but in just general terms, I mean, Morris, he basically chronicles from birth right up until now, and, and the timeline is, is pretty accurate as well. Mm. So, like, when you're reading the book, you kind of follow, you know, the early years and then the Prince years and then the years between you know purple rain and graffiti bridge and like so it goes along the timeline there was some things that was kind of lacking for me in the sense that i mean like yes he does reference jerome and all that but he doesn't really go into like their friendship at all and he's like the kind of like sidekick you know if he's batman you know jerome's robin and it's just like he does mention jerome but like there's no sort of like stories with jerome in that sort of guard it's a bit strange there have they had like any falling out or anything since jerome left the well, band that i don't know um because that could be and he doesn't he doesn't address it. it well it's 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 possible but we don't know i don't want to speculate on that but there was an interesting story that he recounts of the rave era oh, where yes. they go to paisley park for the rave and prince is doing some preaching to them there's an actual story there like that he recounts which is quite interesting, but I find that the book in general just talks in sort of general terms. And I would have liked to have seen specific stories like that particular story all the way through the book mm. because he kind of just glosses over th- some things. Um, some of it is like really in depth about his personal life. Yeah. And it's not only eye opening, but it's kind of, um, you know, he lays it all out there, which is, it's, it's pretty cool that, you know, you could have the balls to do that so i applaud him for that i think the book's really entertaining it's a great book everyone should read it and there's some great stories in there but there's just some things where i think he's kind of held back and maybe for good reason or whatever Mm. but um i think the most interesting thing is um around the musicology era morris and prince were working on another time album that ended up in the vault eventually and that sounds amazing so release it <laughs> i remember around 2004 because the time well yes. morris day and yes. the time were playing with uh yeah. prince yes. opening up for a few of the musicology shows and i remember he went on leno as well and he was promoting he had his cd there now i think it was about time i think that's what it was mm-hmm. yeah and he's you know, standing on walking on water in the pool so i mean yeah he was sort of yeah he was he was cashing in on that um purple rain 20th anniversary thing as well yeah he, he addresses all that in the book so yeah Actually, Toe you would like it. You, you'd like the... Yeah, the I've, I've, I've seen a few interviews with him. Like, there's, a, there's that snippet with him with... Um, with uh, Jimmy Jam. Jimmy Jam. Yeah, and yes. I mean, it's... Oh, it's serious. Yeah, yeah serious I mean, opinion. I like Morris. He, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't beat around the bush. He's, he calls it like he sees it, and I like that about him, so... The interesting, I, th- I did see a couple of those clips. Well, yeah. <laughs> like, those couple of clips that I saw from that serious thing. The thing that I liked about it was you can see... The friendship between them, those two. Oh, yeah. You pick it up in the... He's very complimentary all the way through the book. Yeah. Mm, It was interesting. Well, I've read it as well. And I will have to say that I agree with Player. But in addition to that, I'd say outside of Maite's memoir, which was heart-wrenching in parts, but incredibly insightful and illuminating and just a great read. This was also in that category. I would say like it's in the upper echelon of books that are related to Prince. But the thing that I 
enjoyed probably more so than the Prince stories was actually Morris telling us about his journey. And I think without going into too much detail, because again, as to play this point, I want to avoid the spoiler alert situation. But the reality is that Morris has written a book about his life, but Prince is peeping over his shoulder for almost every chapter of this book. And it makes for a fascinating reading or listening experience because for those of you who don't know, and many of you will know, Morris writes the Prince, Morris writes as the Prince character as well. And Okay, like, I've heard something about this, but you need to explain so, how it is. Well, so basically, Morris, I think he's done, I don't know whose idea it was, whether it was Morris's or David Ritz, and on paper and in theory, it sounds cringeworthy and almost impossible to achieve, but he pulls it off, and I'm, I was left flabbergasted by the end at how it could actually work, and it works. So basically, Morris is telling you the story in his own voice, and then at certain selected moments and in some critical moments, he gives you what he thinks Prince's response to what he's just said would have been in mm. Prince's voice and in the way Prince speaks. Yeah. And we'll never know how close or how far it could have been to the truth. But I don't know about you, player, but I would I just kind of went with it. Like, when, you know, when you're watching a film and you just suspend your yeah, disbelief? Yeah. You just go with it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, I could imagine him saying all of that and it's just hilarious like it kind of you peer behind the curtain and you're like holy shit like I thought I knew Morris and clearly I didn't and if the way that Morris is representing Prince the the man and not just the artist if that's even half accurate then I, I don't even think I really knew Prince at all in some parts like he just I mean we'll get to the memoir later on but yeah I, I thought this was really good I do agree with player with regards to the fact that he holds back as well, though. And I would love to know why, but maybe, you know, if he told us why that would kind of defeat the point, because I get the sense that he has dirt or he has tea, as they like to say, but he's not, he doesn't yeah. want to spill he, it he out of respect, yeah. but he's doing it, yeah. you know, unlike Tamron Hall. Oh, mm. don't start on this. Pause for effect. <laughs> Morris Morris doesn't disrespect the people that are no longer here, Ooh. and I'm happy for that to stay in the show. But um, and I'm happy to say I will disagree, but I'm not going to talk about it. So move on. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think Morris writes candidly with humor, reverence, self-deprecation, especially towards himself. I mean, he's been through some ups and downs without a without a doubt, but he shares with, with us his story, his journey, and he adds his perspective on his relationship with Prince. It, it, I would say it's essential reading for anyone that hasn't read it, even though, yeah, yeah. yeah you agree with that? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I was a bit apprehensive before I started. I was like, what? He's going to tell the, he's going to pretend he's Prince. Like this sounds ridiculous, but that's not what he does. And by the way, without too many spoilers here, there is a third character that he introduces that is probably one of the funniest parts of the book when that guy, when that character quote unquote comes in as well. Yeah, anyway. Also, Toe Jam, you would like this book with all the um, no bullshit um, Morris takes with the instance of religion. It's hilarious. That's why I wish Morris read it because the guy that reads this, because uh, I, I heard it, the yeah. audio as well, and um, the audio is, go is good. The guy that reads it deserves props, but God, you just want to hear yeah, Morris. He does, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Morris Day Memoir Done. <laughs> Well, actually, all right, what next? Out of the blue, seemingly, 
I Feel For You, the acoustic demo came out recently as part of the uh, Prince album 40th anniversary, we presume. I mean, this was a complete surprise, right? I mean, great to hear this. It's an early, oh, yeah. it's an early take on this classic song. The artwork is great for me. I love how it's like alternate takes of the same image. And then I think you can even see crosses and ticks as to what Prince mm. presumably liked or didn't like. I think that's super cool. For anyone buying the vinyl, the artwork is really the standout. I think the song's nice, but what do you guys think? I think we'll review it in full later. Okay. <laughs> but I'll, I'll, but I will say I like it. Cool. Yeah. It is really fascinating. It's very fascinating. It's such. It's one of my favorite Prince songs. And to hear him just sort of like figuring it out, I love that stuff. Like there's that piano uh, bootleg of him working out purple music and you've got this stuff where you can, you can tell the song's like 60 70% there, but he's still kind of working bits out. It's so fascinating to listen to. And he's such a good guitarist. He's Even then, such a yeah. good rhythm guitarist. You know, the funniest thing about this release was the number of people that I read online who could not understand why this had been released. <laughs> And I'm like, <laughs> and to me, it was just, it's so obvious. It's the 40th anniversary of 40th the Prince album. Yeah. Because yeah. like, you know, our stupid brains, we know all these dates and all this annual anniversary stuff. But like so many people are like, you know, yeah, it was a surprise. We didn't know it was coming. But yeah. after it had been released, they they're, they're like, yeah. but why? But why now? It's like, oh my God, yeah. seriously. And they're like, is it to coincide with the book? Is it coincide <laughs> well, with 1999? It doesn't fit on 99. It was so <laughs> like, funny to me it was hilarious well, it out. is really interesting yeah. because obviously it's it's the 40th anniversary but it does actually link into the book mm. in, to some extent or it's like you know prince's pre-fame career so yeah it actually mm. does kind of link the both together i think well it links into the book well, another good long. link is yeah the other link is in the book is all the handwritten notes and lyrics and they accompanied that with this release as well and it's funny or it's very interesting how the original lyrics for I Feel For You is a lot different. Hmm. You know, baby, baby, when you look at me ah. instead of hmm. when I look at you. And there's a whole lot of differences in the, in what he originally wrote down. Um, makes me feel like a king instead of makes me f- feel like I want to sing and all that sort of stuff. Which is interesting because, he, you know, his name's Prince. Yeah, and you can't say king. Obviously, he got hung up on that on yeah. the word king, you know. So, he's like, oh, you know. And it's it's just interesting, the thought process. Like, you can see, like, yeah, okay, that line's got to go. That line doesn't work and hmm. how he's arranged it. And it's just, hmm. it's just very interesting to see that creative insight from its inception to what actually got released. So, I think it's great. And the, the sound of it is really nice considering that it's... Like one of the early years. Like when it came out, I thought, wow, is this like a bootleg that's circulating? And then it's like, oh, no, this is like an official release. They've unearthed mm. this and it's, it's great. We can't ignore the fact that this is from a cassette and it's very likely the speed uh, of this is yes. not 100% <laughs> correct. Now, there's been many, many arguments from both sides, but I think the speed that it plays at is not correct. It's it's only no. a tiny bit, and it could have been corrected whether they wanted to leave it as it was, or they, I don't know why, but they ha- seems like they haven't corrected it for various reasons. So, yeah. Would laziness be one of them? Very likely. <laughs> I think that's, a, I reckon it's unlikely. I think considering how much care they're putting into releases recently, that doesn't, it's no. kind of out, uh, of out of step with other things. I could say laziness, but I could also 
you know, even though I think it's unlikely, I could say ignorance. It could be ignorance. Could, uh, yeah. yeah. They yeah. just think that think it's that's correct. What it is. I think, you know, no one's thought that he recorded it on this rubbish little cassette player, you know, all those years ago. Every tape player has slightly different tape speeds. And then when it was transferred to another machine, it would have been a different speed again. <laughs> all of these things, it would have changed the speed. And they could have corrected it because if ToeJam wants to go into the, the, the tuning of A being, what, 440 hertz or whatever it is, this is not correct. Unless his guitar yeah, was sharp. out of yeah. tune. Yeah. Which is the other Which is also possible yeah. cons- considering yeah. he was listening, he was in California. Uh, he was listening to a lot of Joni Mitchell at that time, presumably playing with tunings is probably not beyond something that he could have been doing. Because anyone, anyone who's got a guitar in their house and a piano, the guitar is always tuned to the piano because you can play them together. The guitar... Unless he didn't have a piano in his house, which I find hard to believe, and he just tuned his guitar by ear, it could have been slightly off. But it's very likely it should have been tuned to a keyboard in the house, which means it should be right, which is hmm. why it's incorrect now. But the, the, other thing, the other thing that is possible is that if the, <laughs> if the guitar was just a little bit out of tune and he played that, considering how quickly he records, just boom, bang, bing, bang, boom, <laughs> stick a tape in, press record, do a quick thing, demo, that next thing, okay. You know, go, yeah. go get a milkshake, oh, come Captain back. Captain and I talked about this. That is entirely possible. <laughs> that is, that You cannot rule that out. It's entirely possible. However, Prince throughout his entire career always tuned to A440. Standard, yep. And even even yeah. when he did alternate tunings, it was still to A440. Yep. Um, I mean, obviously, there was a, you know, a couple of things towards the end of his career where he started doing the 432 thing, that bullshit. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, I mean, the most likely scenario is that Prince recorded it on an old machine and that that tape has just sat around for years and years and years at some point the estate have grabbed the tape they've put it in some super fancy recording machine to digit you know make it digital and they haven't realized that the actual tape itself was recorded slightly fast and if you've got the tape it's not hard just to pull that thing back a little bit so it plays at the correct speed what prince would have actually played himself so the alternate argument that other people make was this is what we have we should be representing it like that but i think the more realistic argument is that what prince actually played that's you know if you were there in the room you wouldn't have heard it yeah, at that pitch in the room. exactly so. yeah. well what's even what's even <laughs> what's even funnier to me is that you're talking about all these arguments outside of you outside of reading something <laughs> online and you guys actually saying this i heard this like five times in a row loved it and then just went on with my day i don't even know i can't <laughs> even <laughs> Even well, hear that's, anything that, that's wrong the with thing, it. though. It's a very slight difference. Yeah. Unless you have perfect, unless you have perfect pitch, Which or unless you grab your guitar to play along with it, mm. you probably yeah. won't notice that it's not exactly right. Yeah. So in a way, it's not really important for the vast majority of the listeners who will never ever ever hear. The but difference. then there's the fact of correctly <laughs> representing this material, which is a massive thing for many Prince fans. That is true. Which Should is we move why on? this is an issue at all. And now we can move on. Can I, can, can I ask, is there digital software that fans can... You can correct? do it digitally. Yeah, it's easy to do. You can okay. do it digitally. Okay. But by doing that, you're going to make it... It's not going to be as good a quality. Whereas if you've actually got yeah. the actual cassette, you can do it perfectly. Yeah. yeah, if they had adjusted it during that transfer to digital, they could have made it perfect yeah. at the time, maintained the quality. You can alter it afterwards now. Like, I can do it on a program right now, but it's it'll slightly degrade the quality. So I'll just make an assumption, and for 99% of our listeners and 99% of the people that heard this that love it and have no idea what anyone's talking about, I think it's safe <laughs> to say... 
that everything is fine and it's a great release. Uh, let's move on. <laughs> uh, so, 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 so Rob, Rob loves his vinyl and his super high grade stuff, but doesn't care about pitch. No, no. don't care about pitch. <laughs> Couldn't give a crap about. <laughs> I reckon. I reckon his record player is not actually correctly you know it's not right it's not right there's a good chance that you're right there although i did bring a um a level the other day just to see if it was actually standing level in the room and uh i was finicking with that around for about 15 minutes anyway moving on you know what rob's looking forward to on the uh, 1999 super deluxe what? irresistible pitch <laughs> <laughs> oh, he was sitting on that one for a while. I can just sense it. Bam! <laughs> oh, God. Um, okay, next. Another track that was released actually prior to the I Feel For You acoustic demo was International Lover Take One. Ooh, this is interesting. Mm. Is this an original or not? I mean, it's Prince's first take. No, no I won't get into that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> but we don't know how many takes there were of this song, but this is take one with Morris Day behind the kit on, the on drum. drums, which is fantastic. Now, when I heard this over on title, I was really taken aback by it, but we're not going to talk about the song itself, except for the fact that what did you guys, it has been released. So I have to ask you guys, what did you guys think that this has come out? I mean, it's going to be on the 99 Deluxe and Super Deluxe set. Mm. Any thoughts? It's no surprise that, you know, to anyone who's heard our 1999 album review that I don't love this track, but I put this it's take good. one at a higher level. Hmm. This, yeah. this Ooh, version... I can't wait till we do the review. <laughs> this version makes me like the song more than Ooh. the album version. Even though that's way okay. more polished and la la la, this version, I don't know what it is. We'll get to that when we review it. <laughs> we'll get to it when we review it. But yeah, I, okay. I'll just say I prefer this one. Interesting. Anyone else want to chime in? Well, it sort of confirms the fact what we speculated on the actual 99 review of this being destined for the time. This this version hmm. pretty much confirms that. Mm. And That's a comedy show. Um, <laughs> well, yeah. Well, yeah, it's a comedy track. But it's obviously the distinct impression I get when I listen to it is he's fleshing it out with Morris and and to me when I listen to it it's destined for the time but at some point between this take and what gets released on 99 you know there's something that Prince goes I'm taking this <laughs> so hmm. that's that's the distinct thing that and yeah we kind of thought that when we reviewed the 1999 hmm. album we said this should be on a time album this this is perfect for Morris and yeah. this pretty much confirms it so and we didn't know that, that at the, the time pardon the pun yeah but, that's uh, right yeah well i'm gonna say about this i'm not gonna talk about the song or the the but i am gonna talk about the sound quality and oh my god this sounds yeah. so yeah. good and and because of that reason this is such a great tease for the box set coming out mm. hearing hearing this in this quality just makes my mind go oh my god if the other songs on this package are like this in this quality oh you just, this is going to be the absolute sugar you just gave me That's, an awful every time i hear that i just my brain just starts going oh man this is going to be so good oh you're you just, just setting yourself awful, up for failure there <laughs> you just gave me an awful thought you just made me think what if they put this out because this was the best this sounding the best quality <laughs> And everything else is worse. I have no doubt that's what they did. See, that's why I expect I expect nothing in life, and then if I get anything, I appreciate it. It's like, yeah, I'll take this, but I'm not expecting everything to sound mm. as good. Cause but yeah, this does sound amazing. But this has everything you want in in a in a take one. Like it's got it's got the element of them still kind of figuring it out. It's got Prince joking around, laughing around. 
So fascinating. So good to listen to. But whether or not it's the definitive version that Captain thinks. Ooh. We'll We're going to have to review. talk about that. Yeah, on the review. But the, I do agree with you, Tojim, because that's what I had in my notes. The sound quality is incredible. It's virtually pristine. And I won't talk mm. about the song itself, but on the sound quality side, it actually sounds like Prince is sitting at the piano in front of you and Morris Day is like just to the left yeah. or to the right. And it's like, yeah. are these guys like in my living room right now? Or hmm. am I just <laughs> hearing things? Like it's that good, which but is crazy. Is it tuned to A440 hertz? <laughs> That's the question. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, there's there's another conundrum, which is th- what I've heard. The whole package, audio quality wise, is on level with this international lover. Nice, except for purple music, which sounds oh, like "Would ah, you love to love me?" <laughs> <laughs> Let's oh, sorry, Toji. Let's hope he's pulling your leg. <laughs> no oh way. god. Let's hope he's pulling. No, I mean leg. we can't expect them all to be this good because they have they have admitted that some of them are from cassettes. Not many mm. of them, but yeah, yeah. we can't expect everything to be this good. But man, all right. enough of the marks. It's going to be a so. Cassette. So speaking about 1999 Deluxe and our anticipation of that release, which is going to come out very very soon. What are your thoughts? How how much are you anticipating it? I am oh. so keen. I am so mm. pumped, and I have been for over a month oh. now. This is your favorite album ever. You're going to blow your head off. Absolutely. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Well, to me, we haven't heard it yet, but this is the first, like, 100% best thing that the estate has released so far. By far, yeah. Like, and that's before even hearing it, just looking at, like, the track list and, like, all these outtakes, which, you know, track titles we haven't even heard. Man, it is going to be something. It is going to be something. Well, and live concerts that we've never even heard, and that includes yeah. bootlegs. That includs bloody bootlegs. Mm. That's insane. So well, yeah, that let's hope us, the pitch that, is right from that, those from those <laughs> live shows. Well, that brings us to something which isn't actually on this list right here, but that's the video they released of was it nineteen ninety nine the song mm. yeah from this forthcoming DVD. So that's something else to talk about too. That 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 quality was not great. Pretty good, you know, it's it's not great, but for the it's time nineteen eighty two exactly. Great. Exactly. For 982, it's, and it's, to yeah. have lasted this long and still look as good as it does, I think it's pretty good. Yeah, except for the fact, I, I was just, I have to add that except for the fact that other artists, even in 82, were doing shows that looked a lot better than this. So, well, no way. It's on par. No. Like, if you look at, give me something to compare it to. If you look at Rick James in Germany from the same year, it looks exactly the same. Rick, it's filmed that's true. On, that is true. Rick yeah. James in Germany, I would admit. But I would say the Rolling Stones, Some Girls from 1978 is a lot better. <laughs> Dias- oh, what, was, what was that filmed on? Was that filmed oh, on film? Yeah. Oh, probably, yeah. yeah. That's the that's easiest, way. That's the easiest way to go. compare this. Look, just say Prince was cheap. He didn't want to pay for film. <laughs> it was always video because it was the cheapest thing around. And that's why we have what we have. That's the end of the story, really. Well, I mean, at that point, he wasn't, he wasn't as famous yet to justify. Yeah, you know, I think that's a good exactly. point. To yeah. use exactly. film, so. But also, too, these weren't filmed for releases. They were filmed for his own personal and use that's to another, just yeah. look back on. I think you might have so, hit it on the head there. But we'll talk but, about that when we that, review that <laughs> DVD. <laughs> look, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like you guys. I'm looking forward to this unreleased material, the CD of a live show. Fantastic. I mean... I think we mentioned this at some point, or maybe it was just amongst the four multi-cam. of us. Multicam. Yeah, a multicam DVD. But the other, the other thing is the CD of this live show. This will be the first full unedited concert that you as a Prince fan can officially buy in Prince's oh, history. Yeah. Unedited. This is... No overdubs. He's never released 
both mm. while he was alive and since his passing, mm. him or his estate have never released an audio concert in full Correct. ever Unedited. Yeah. as an official Untucked. product. Yeah. This is the first yeah. one. That's out of this world. Insane for, for one yeah. of, if not the greatest live artist of all time. What the heck? So, so now that it's coming out, it's like, yes, fantastic. And what? You're giving me a CD plus a DVD? So... Mm. So that's pretty cool. The only thing I will say is that I'm not ordering the vinyl because I've got no need for this one on LP. I think they've really stuffed up the packages as far as you either get just the album remastered or you have to buy everything and spend $400. And I'm not going to do that. I don't have that kind of money to throw around. And even if I did, I wouldn't do it. <laughs> so You don't want the edits? Surely you would buy it for the edits. Them including the edits is the main reason I'm not, I don't want to get that super deluxe vinyl. It's just a, yeah. We'll cover that in the well, we should, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I'll talk about the fact that I was contemplating not even buying anything physical for this and just downloading it because I, I believe it's going to be on the like HD HD tracks kind of thing. So I thought, well, I'll download all the audio in high definition, which is obviously better than a CD quality sound, supposedly. Is that right, Toe Jim? <laughs> to do that, <laughs> well, theoretically, whether you can actually hear it's another question. But then you can't download the DVD, the which is a shame. Yeah. So it's the only way to get the DVD is to spend the you know massive amount of money just to get that one disc. When I would like to, if I'm going to get all the songs, I'd like to get them in high definition and just have the DVD there. But no, you've got to buy the whole CD set to get the... Mm. Uh, yeah. So it's kind of like redundant getting the HD ones there. And I can't hear the difference well, anyway, when, so who cares? <laughs> when the vinyl was announced, it was just initially just a vinyl and then... I think it was like a week or two later, they said, oh, if you buy the vinyl, we'll give you digital download code, yeah. but it's only for MP3 Which tracks. Which is so, what a waste of time. It's That's just pathetic. I mean, it's some sort of it's, compromise, but yeah. it's like, if they're paying for it. But if you're going to compromise, right? Yeah, just do it. <laughs> it's no difference to do an MP3 or a flag file. It's, yeah, it doesn't cost them any money. to. to if you're to already it, going yeah. to compromise by giving out files, then just give them the files that they want. That just is annoying. <laughs> yeah. So you know why? So that's the decision they made. I'm keeping my money in my pocket. Thanks, estate. Yeah. Good choice. Yeah. 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 Too bad. <laughs> it's a business. <laughs> Forget about 1999 Deluxe Anticipation. What about the Peach and Black Podcast 1999 Review Anticipation? We mm, talked yeah, for yeah. about 400 hours on originals, and that was only one disc. What are we going to do for this? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Captain, I think we're it's gonna time. have to split this into many our, shows spread our, out over many months. Our, That's probably gonna be the plan. Well, the other thing, our 2020 show <laughs> roster is all done. Yeah, 2020 is done. It's, it's just 1999 every year, every month. I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna be time for you to bring out something that you haven't done for quite a number of years. And for the hardcore listeners that have been with us from the beginning, you'll know what I mean by this. But it's time to bust those Dr Pepper cans. I think it's. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to need some Our, caffeine, that's for yes. sure. <laughs> okay, oh. so what's next? Jeez, there's so much to talk about cool. at the moment. Uh, oh, you know what else has happened? Uh, International what? Lover, take one, is not the only thing that's come out. Don't Let Him Fool You also came out, which is another official exclusive pre-release song that the uh, Prince Estate have put out on YouTube. Oh, it's you can a single. To it's it. a single. Where's the music video full of Whoa. rehearsal footage? 
That's what I'm waiting for. <laughs> Don't let them fool you with rehearsal footage. But yes, this is this is another one that just come out out of the blue, seemingly. And bloody hell, how good is the quality? Oh, quality great. once again is is really good. And I'm again like just like I was saying with International Lover, like that is the thing that's really getting me excited about this release. Because this this one yeah. was circulating, unlike International Lover, this one had been circulating in among collectors. And it was always in very good quality, but this is even better. This is really mm, good. That was the only disappointing thing for me is, but that's that's my fault for having illegal recordings, is that I'd already heard it and it's it sounds pretty much exactly the same version. So, But still, we'll review this in full when this enormous review comes out eventually. And the other thing we've got to say is the YouTube video and the official artwork is a photo, presumably, of the box that holds the original master tape. So you can see yeah. Prince's writing, or presumably, presumably it's Prince's writing with the title Dodalene Infilia. And then it's also got, it's obviously the same reel that has I Can't Stop This Feeling I Got. Yeah, that's really cool. And it's obviously, it's got some 1985 dates on there. So it looks like at some point Prince has pulled this song out in 85 and done a bit of work on it. Uh, so that's just mm. really fascinating stuff. And there's a bit of like a coffee stain on there. It's brilliant. <laughs> sure it's coffee? It's, oh, MC, it's peering behind the curtain. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, that's right. That is right. Well, I've never seen that before, that's for sure. But it is exciting. It's, I mean, Purple Rain Deluxe, yes, that was that was definitely exciting. We've covered that, but it was definitely exciting because we were getting unreleased material. And obviously Originals was super exciting. And this is, I mean, I think it's on equal footing. I know that Toe Jam is probably way more excited by this and I don't know if you guys are, but to me, this is on equal playing field as originals. Like, it's just more stuff from the vault. Oh, this is way, this is going to be way better. Well, the package itself, the whole, when you when you take the live show audio, live show DVD, video concert, two discs of unreleased material. You know, I'm just thinking about those outtakes, like two discs, like what, over 20 tracks. You know, just straight away, you've beaten originals, which only had what 14 15 <laughs> yeah. straight well, away for, for quantity we're about and to find out about the we quality, don't know about yeah. we don't know about quality but you know a bunch of these songs we've never even heard so it's just yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting that's mind-boggling sure. and as we've already said on this podcast strap yourselves in for never-ending hours Epic. worth of us rambling Epic about review. incessantly about this stuff so that should that should also be pretty cool we've already but, said this but just give us some time it's gonna take a while <laughs> Yes. And here we go. Here's the big the big scoop. Because we're in Australia <laughs> and we got this first. We heard this, except possibly somebody in New Zealand, if they were awake at midnight, they might have heard it first. But we were literally recording the night that this came out. And as soon as we finished recording, it was just midnight. And then bang, there's that track. So then me and Player are on Twitter, just chucking it out there all over the place <laughs> going, listen to this, listen to this, listen to this. And everyone's like, we can't hear anything because it's not in our region. And I'm like, oh, it was that's region sad. restricted. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh, so weird. Isn't <laughs> it? We were, we were first. So I was happy. We heard it. We heard it. It was good. <laughs> All the best stuff is region restricted. You know that song, "Sign of the Times," deluxe package, everything. <laughs> uh, it's just <laughs> out of control. It's just these greedy, <laughs> bloody capitalist bastards trying to restrict your content. Yes. Everything. <laughs> they can just get stuffed. Okay. Okay. And then we've spoken about the songs, the music, uh, but before we speak about the book, let's speak about the Beck. That's the Beck. Beck. Midnight Vultures. What an album. 
Oh, yeah, Beck that's recorded incredible. at Paisley Park. Now, mm. I, I don't know if he's the first person who's recorded there, you know, in the last few years, but this is the first, like, big thing they've made out of it, and it's called, like, Paisley Park Sessions. So let's get a, um, a, a series of, of those from different people recording at Paisley Park. That'd be cool. Yeah. And he recorded some songs. He recorded some print songs. Uh, you can listen to them. They're out there. Go and check it out. It's good. I'm just happy that people are recording music in a recording studio the and hopefully used. getting yeah. some cash mm. into their mm. bank accounts to keep that place going. And especially someone like yeah. Beck as well, because um, Beck is very much influenced by Prince, but at the same time, he also has his own thing, you know, like he's a very, mm. he's a creative entity in himself. So it's uh, like, it's his own brand and everything. So it, mm. it's cool that, you know, someone like Beck would be someone that would be recording in Paisley Park, I think is really cool. Yeah, and m- more so someone like Beck and not like Ed Sheeran or someone like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or Katy Perry. Uh-huh. We're so current up with the news with the young kids. Yeah. I don't know. It just popped into my head. Um, so. no, it's just good that they're recording in a recording studio again and using it for what it's meant to do. Mm. Mm. Well, we should really get – I think we should get Beck on the show. Clearly he's heard the, the podcast. Oh, clearly. But- Clearly. He's too in awe to even contact us, but what can you do? <laughs> nah, he's just a loser. <laughs> oh, hilarious. Okay, what's next? The book. Are we going to talk about the Beautiful Ones book? The big one. Yeah, yeah. Go. All right. So before I go into this, has anyone finished or basically finished the book outside of myself? Yes. Tojam, you have? I finished the audio book. I only received the book today. Okay. The physical book today. Okay. And Captain is, is, is going to... We're recording this nine days after it's been released. Okay. So. And, and Captain is going to play the, the part of a half Captain and a half audience member because presumably well, hasn't got it or hasn't read it, etc. <laughs> so Prince, The Beautiful Ones, has come out. It is available in a number of forms. The primary and I think the main and best version of it arguably is the book itself because that's what it was supposed to be these days some books get turned into audiobooks and there is a version of that as well and obviously you can read it on kindle but why you would want to do that is beyond me i mean i'm holding this book in my hands as we're recording and the first thing i just want to say just to put it out there is it is beautifully made it's hardcover which is good it's got the cover over that the page thickness is great i mean this is a product we're talking about cds falling apart this is the kind of book that is not going to fall apart anytime soon so random house or the publisher or century or whatever whoever, whichever version you've got they've done an incredible job on creating a physical product like it's something that you're while you're ticking through it and flicking pages as i'm doing right now looking at pictures reading just brilliant we could, if you guys want to talk about in detail the premise of the book and all this sort of stuff, but in many respects, that would be revealing spoilers, I think. And anyone that listens yeah. to our show, no doubt has read articles about it or knows something about the book. So all I'll say is everyone knows that this is not Prince's completed memoir. Everyone knows that this is just a taste, a smithereen of what could have been. It's it's the barely started memoir. Correct. That's all it is. In fact, even... Um, my understanding is that Dan... In Dan's uh, own words. Yeah, I mean, in, in, in the co-editors or co-authors in this case, words, he said that himself. So so th- that is what it is. Life is what it is. Get on with it. So in saying all that, uh, I've got some thoughts about this. Other than, yeah, I, I mean, I could just ramble, but Toe Jam player, do you guys want to jump in with your... I'll jump yeah. in. It is... I am in two minds about it because on the one hand, it is 
such a fascinating read, reading his stuff that he had intended for this book. And a lot of the other stuff that they include in here is also fascinating. Mm. But it is a weird thing because it's it's so little that Prince actually finished that you do kind of feel like there's a lot of filler in here to make it packaged out to look like the size of a, a proper memoir. Um, but that stuff is so fascinating. Which, if anybody recalls, is exactly what I called many, many, many months ago. Yeah. I said, yeah. again, I just fill it up with pictures and just random stuff. But that is but that is all they can do. That is all that you can yeah. do, though. Like They could have not released it. That's true. Almost every single picture, I mean, potentially every single one, I, 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 just flipping through now, is not a picture I've seen before. Yes. So that's, that's fascinating. And the song lyrics and his handwriting and stuff, like... It's really fascinating just looking at that stuff and reading it. And like Player said before when we were talking about I Feel For You, just looking at the way he constructs a song and he cratches, you know, scross, crosses out a word and replaces it. And you think, man, that, can't, that song, 1999, was, you know, I was tripping when I wrote this. No, it's not. It's, I'm, I was dreaming when I wrote this. You think, well, it just gives you a whole other perspective on the composition of that song. So, I mean, everything in this is really, really fascinating. Um, Prince's section that he actually writes it's so interesting and like you're reading it and it's just, it's like Prince is talking to you. Yeah, yes. And it's got exactly. all the stuff, Prince's humor's in there, Prince's stuff that he's, you know, he cares about is in there. And it's, I read that part so quick. I just flew through it and then I turned the page and it was like, ah, oh, that's it. That's where he got to. And it was such an empty feeling of, oh, this could have been, this could have been really, really spectacular yes. if he had a, and it's no know, one's, to, to finish it properly. And it's no one's fault considering that you don't have a problem with the fact that it's come out, right, under that premise, it's no one's fault that the book wasn't finished. No. It's like, no. that's well, life. We all know, we all know, well, my you know, only, we all know my what My only thing is that they, I mean, I know it's sort of plastered everywhere saying this is the unfinished memoir, but it's really, like, it's very, very minimal what he has actually written. And to sort of put it out there as though it is the memoir, it's kind of, a, oh, it's, it's, it's on the border of, is it, you know, it's pushing the advertising of what it actually is a little bit. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, the thing is, everything I've read about it, uh, like, again, I've got the book yeah. in my hands, but everything that I've read about it from a distance or in the press or whatever, almost everything has been, it's the memoir that Prince started writing, it's the unfinished memoir. So I don't think anyone, or at least the vast majority of people, are not trying to sell this off as something that it's not. But the, yeah. the, the thing is, basically, considering that the three of us have practically, well, players finished the audiobook, et cetera, and he's got the physical, so he's one up on you and I, Tojem, because he's heard it and has got the physical copy. But you and I have basically read it. And the question I was going to ask the panel was, are you happy that this has come out? Are you happy that you've got it? Because for me, it's super emotional, even just looking at it, feeling it, touching it, reading it, thinking about what could have been. But there is not a, a second, I don't even have to think twice about how to answer that yeah. question. For me, I would take this any day of the week. I think the fact that this has come out is like, it is extraordinary and at the same time although it could have been so much more that's a conversation that you could spend hours potentially days mm. having the reality is that prince put 28 or 38 pages down and they're all in here and the funny thing about when i was reading it because i wanted to really sap every bit of whatever this had to offer uh, i actually read prince's well <laughs> let me take a step back i tried to read prince's pages because his writing is so difficult to comprehend and it took me so bloody long and I got to the end of it and I flipped the page and then what do you know they've transcribed that into normal <laughs> font 
<laughs> available to read. So I had a moment of like, man, did I just really do that? But because I was like giving myself a headache going, is that an S or an F? What does that say? <laughs> and, and I didn't skip ahead because I just wanted to go page by page by page by page, right? The sequence. But anyway, yeah, I, I would love to actually talk at length about this book, but I don't know that that's what we're here to do. So player, uh, anything else to add? Or Toe Jam, do you want to keep your thought going? Um, well, I want to ask player what the audio mm. book's like because I'm curious what they do when it gets to towards the end when they start putting all like the song lyrics and the quotes from other articles and things, how they handle that so, in the audio book. So the, the audio book, the first part is narrated by Dan Pipe and Bring and that's his section and he's, you know, it's in his words. So you get a good grasp of that from him himself. Is that the section where he talks about Prince taking him out on the town in New York to see Leonard's many moods? <laughs> yeah. Just like he did with the Peach and Black podcast? <laughs> That's is so that funny, the section? Yes, correct. Yes. Correct. Well, yeah, all of that section. Interesting. So, um, uh, it, it's basically a longer version of what was printed in the New Yorker a few months back. So it gives you a good background. And I know why they've put it in the book because they're just trying to pad out the book, but it gives you a better sort of insight of the inception of it and the creative process and what, how they wanted to bring it to life. So that's the, the, the first part of the audio. The second part of the audio is the notes written by Prince are read by Esperanza Sporting and Adapiro Odue. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. But they sort of take turns in in narrating printer's notes and then the back end of the the book it's got random quotes from printer's career that he did with like magazines which and and it's not um in chronological order either so they'll grab like what he said from an interview from 1999 era and then from 1978, and then from 1984, and 86, and it jumps, it kind of jumps everywhere. Is it his voice, though? And no, it's Esperanza's. Oh, and okay. So they read it as if it was Prince. But the problem I had with that part of it was, like, I got the sense to keep the mystery of himself intact. He wasn't always, not, I'm not saying dishonest or not completely honest, but he would, like, kick up his answers to maintain the mystery. Mm. For example, we've all seen the Dick Clark, like the one of his first TV interviews <laughs> with Dick Clark, and he's, you know, how many instruments do you play? Oh, thousands. You know, like, we know that's, like, a, a kicked-up answer. And I think a lot of these interviews, he may have been, you know, over-stretching some of the truth in some things. Mm. And so, where you get this sort of honesty from his notes... Yeah, he did say these quotes in, in magazines and stuff, but it kind of just pulls you out of that a bit. Yeah. And you just don't know if he's sort of being, you know, just kind of like giving rock star answers instead of sort of more personal answers. And that's that's where it kind of is just a bit jarring. And I don't know why they chose to do that. And that's basically the book. That's the audio version of the book. But in the physical version, you, you know, you've got all the photos, you've got the notes yeah. and stuff. So that's what you miss out in the, in the physical book. But the good thing is, is like, because I've only got the book today, I'm going to revisit the audio book and kind of, you know, read along, you know, have the audio playing kind of read along with it. So that'd be a cool way to, to do it. The, the audio, I mean, any audio book should be an experience, right? So it's interesting that you're getting these other voices speaking on Prince's behalf, reading the stuff. But the, the great thing about the hard copy book is that it's an experience, well, everything's an experience, but it, it's a tactile experience. It's an experience where 
you can actually see Prince's handwriting. You know, Toe Jam was talking earlier about lyrics and crossouts and changes that he's made. Pictures, a picture says a thousand, tells a thousand words, right? Or a thousand stories, or in some cases hides many secrets to, uh, to quote one of the many things that Prince and or other people involved in this book have said. But I mean, everyone will have an opinion on this like everything else in life. Before we go to Captain, I've got really mixed feelings about the book i mean it's great to see and it's very insightful and it's stuff that i'd love to see but then there's another part of me that thinks i shouldn't be seeing mm. it it's like reading somebody's diary you know i'm looking at this like should i be reading this yes they found it and they've published it but that's not what it was intended for so like as fascinating as it is i mean it does fill a lot of gaps especially in the early years which is like the impos are very scared yeah up until this point but it's still like i still get that sort of impression that you know some of that mystery's gone and you know i'm i'm sort of reading things that i i don't know if i should be reading even though it's interesting as it is i mean it's the premise of this whole thing because of all the factors at play can make it troublesome but on the flip side as I said earlier, if I pose the question to you guys and or to anyone about, are you happy that you've got it in your hands? Are you happy that you're reading this and you're experiencing it? I think that's a fair question to ask. And I can't kind of, every time I look at it, I'm filled with happiness, overwhelmingly so, rather than any trepidation around, around it. Although I do get what you're saying, player, because there are passages that you read and you're like, wow, um, okay, wasn't expecting that. And it's not even... You know, like this sort of book is not like an encyclopedia or a mathematical textbook where like, you know, you can read an article online. You go, oh, that's all the book's about. Okay, pass. This is not one of those experiences. This is in many respects, possibly the most intimate thing. I would argue possibly the most intimate thing Prince Van could do in some respects, you know, short of walking through the halls of Paisley after dark or something (laughs) like this is pretty intimate stuff. And yeah, it's just, it's kind of bewildering to think of how complex this guy was in many respects and how, just what a guy, what an artist. Like, I think I've been reading, like, um, I've been reading that uh, Dwayne Tadal book. I'm almost finished it. And I've been reading that and I've been reading this. And, you know, so both of them are from when he's in his, you know, teens and early 20s. And I mean, the guy was just constantly, you just get the feeling that this guy had so much energy and he was just doing stuff all the time, like creative stuff. Whether it was, you know, drawing comic cartoons, writing song lyrics, producing songs. Practicing, just recording, pra- playing. Yeah, exactly. Just just energy overload. Using tape machines at the wrong pitch. <laughs> like the what? But you know what the other thing this book does? I think it, w- whether this was the intention or not, and it's hard to know, like there's just too many questions without answers, but it humanizes Prince in a way that I think nothing else ever has. I just can't, I don't know if you guys got that sense either, but flipping through these pages, I got this sense. Do you, do you mean as a whole, or are you just talking about the text that he wrote? Predominantly the text that he wrote. Yeah. It's just those pages, I don't know, they just, there was a review that said like Prince seeps through the pa- every page and like you can feel him and sense him. And that's an interesting line because that presumes that you know who he is. But in some respects, these 28 pages are probably as close as anyone could ever get because these aren't 28 or 30 pages worth of his actual memoir. They are notes on what he thought could be included. So in many respects, you're reading something that may have never been released as well. 
It's not like well, that was one of the yeah. one, that was one of the provisos with Random House that he wanted a clause in there that he could pull the book at any time. Yeah, so I mean, he can't do that. Obviously, so, <laughs> it's like mm. so. So that brings up all sorts of questions. But I think, and you know what else that's super fascinating about this book is because of what you just said and the fact that his handwritten notes have been released to the public. You potentially are reading things that had he been alive he may have decided not just to release and then withdraw, but to completely alter. And this is very interesting because I think it's fair to say that Prince was a guy who changed his mind often. So I also don't think that it's fair to take his notes as gospel. Even this this is turning into a really weird episode, but even though he wrote that, that doesn't, it doesn't mean that everything that he wrote is true. Does that make sense? What I'm saying? (laughs) It's kind of trippy to kind of think about, but am I making any sense here? Like he wrote, he wrote something. Mm. But just like he scraps his lyrics in days later or weeks later, he could have done the same thing to these notes, but never got around to it. And so that's the purpose of writing, handwriting, taking a pen and writing your diary or your notes. And this is what he's done. But how much reflection was there? How much time had gone past for him to revisit it? He never got that opportunity. So again, to your point, player, we are reading something super intimate and personal. Exactly. This is, this is, it's incredible it is an incredible thing to put out into the world, but it's kind of like the feeling we all have since he's passed. It's also difficult to digest. That's probably the best way I could put it. Mm. I'll just say also that Prince was a horny bugger. <laughs> <laughs> like just flipping through it again, like every every oh, handwritten no. thing has like, you know, he's he writes the word Pepe Willy and he turns the W into a <laughs> pair of boobs. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that. Hilarious. Everything's like that. It's just constantly making these little but you know, sexual jokes. But you know what else is interesting? Once you once you get beyond the the first part, and then, which is Dan Piper brings in, introduction, which in some respects is equal to Prince's own writing, in the sense that he's sharing with us thoughts about what Prince wanted this memoir to be. That in Prince's notes, Prince doesn't even make mention of. So I think it's valid to have Dan's view. But once you get past the first two sections, the next section is about Prince's beginnings. And there's like a lot of super intimate and personal pictures and anecdotes next to some of those pictures that are so personal that I wonder whether Prince himself would have ever released some of that stuff. Because it it really, talk about revealing yourself and taking off the mask. Like some of those photos, you just see a kid, you know? Mm. Like when you look at his album covers, For You, Prince, Dirty Mind, like that's not a kid. He's still presenting himself as an artist. He's still doing stuff like they're they're manipulating the image. But some of these photos are so innocent. And like this guy is just like, he's just a guy. This is not, the artist is forming himself. Is that like just a song? (laughs) He's just a guy. Uh, I love how Captain, uh, I can't wait to get to his thoughts, but um, he's just silence. Yeah, I can't wait either. I just think that this it's worth considering that we're not going to be reviewing this book allegedly we're not going to dedicate a whole episode I think it's worthwhile talking about it but yeah let me just say this so to me this is a, a 10 out of 10 in the sense that they did the best with what they had and you know what circumstances of his passing were so terrible that anything after his passing is like everything's up for grabs and it's just so hard to decipher and and to make peace with what should and shouldn't be released that's about all I can say I'm happy that I've got it and I'm happy I've, I've read it. One other thing we haven't talked about is the Purple Rain three-page draft mm. or whatever it is. That's so fascinating because, like, you read that and you're like, 
Yeah, that's that's so much purple rain, and then other parts are like that is completely not what purple rain <laughs> turned out to be. Yeah. So it's it's this weird mix of reading it, and going, yeah, well, they pretty much got that in the movie, and then other parts are like, what? <laughs> yeah, like nothing about that is in the movie at all. Yeah, fascinating. Okay, player Tojam, any final thoughts before we go to Captain? Um, just that I, I think it's great, but um, what the original intention was and what we got are two different things, and. You know, the original intention was for him to write from his early years up to Super Bowl, I believe. Um, yep. And because we only got up to a certain point, okay, we got all these lyrics and photos and all that, which I think if Prince was still around, we wouldn't get all of that. So that's interesting. But I mean, that's what's padded out the book. So that's where that line is drawn between the first intention and the final product. Yeah. So. And I mean, is it, it's fair to say that it just is what it is, right? Like, is there any... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just say one other thing. I totally did not expect that Prince's written pages would actually be like paragraph after paragraph after paragraph. I think I said it in one of the earlier episodes we did. I thought it was going to be just like a whole lot of bunch of poetry that mm. Prince had written and for it. And cryptic sentences. And- yeah. Yeah. But it's like, no, he's, you know, he's telling a story. Here's paragraph one, paragraph two, paragraph three. And we can, you know, talk about, well, how truthful is, is he being? How much is his memory playing tricks on him? We don't know that. But, I mean, I was fascinated by the fact that he actually wrote paragraph after paragraph after paragraphs. Yeah, but there's also uh, one last thing, two last quick things I'll say before Captain loses his mind here. Um, <laughs> the, can, the candor of Prince's handwritten text, what he put down, I, I is still shocking to me. Like, this is just not the guy that presents yeah. himself to the public this way. Like, he's... You know, there's a, there was a disconnect between his public persona and his, the private person, which in many respects happens with anyone. But I think there's a huge distance between what he shares and what he privately feels. I'll just put that out there. So, so Captain, why don't you tell us your, your thoughts? Okay, I'm going last because I don't have the book. I don't want the book. I don't care about the book. Uh. Uh, if anybody follows me on Twitter, I've already... That's no surprise to anyone. <laughs> Um, I just have zero interest in this. I, you know, I wasn't, Why? I wasn't excited when, it, when, when it was announced. I'm like, oh, that could be interesting. But you know, it's like, think about this. Prince recorded, you know, he was gonna do a four minute song. Here's four seconds of that song. Who the hell wants to listen to that? Well, it Not depends me. what those. It depends what the first four seconds are. So if it's like no, the it intro doesn't. to "Let's Go Crazy," then it's still hearing the intro uh, to "Let's Go Crazy." And I think this is I'd that's probably not. a good analogy. Have you not. flipped through it at all? Have you gone out of the bookstore and flipped through it? Nope. At least? Don't care. I reckon if you did, I reckon if you did, you you'd mm. might have an alternate opinion. This is Captain we're speaking about. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't care. Like, I'm not going to get up on the soapbox and go, you know, oh, Prince wouldn't have wanted this or, you know, all that crap. Who knows? But this is such a... I think they saw this as such a cash cow. They couldn't resist. That's that's all I can say. I, 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 yeah, I don't. I don't know about that. I think it's it's more like a contractual obligation. Like he signed this with Random House. To, yeah, well, I don't think there was a provision in the contract for death. So I'm pretty sure that gets well, you out of yeah. most contracts. <laughs> you know, it's hard to know. Shit. Uh, I mean, yeah. I think even if I mean, you know, we could argue about is it a cash grab. Even if it is a cash grab, I mean, it's it's. I think it's done respectfully. I don't think it's done. Hundred percent. Yeah. Like the, that's a fair yeah. point. Like, there's nothing sensational or tabloid about this at all. Like, yeah, they haven't changed his words. They've put in a lot of memorabilia and personal stuff that shows the story of of how a guy became, you know, master musician, mm. pop icon, all this sort of stuff. It, this is not like 
this is not TMZ. This is done with love and to honor the, the person. That's, but it that's, is, all, that's yeah. all great. But mm. I just don't care about that. Like, I like Prince because I like listening to the music. I don't care about what he did in his private life. I don't care about a picture of him on his bed with his guitar. I don't care about that stuff. I can't listen to that. It's not a song. That's the only thing I want to hear. So that's another reason why I just have zero interest in this. You know what I will say though, Captain, you kind of got me thinking about something, even though, like I said, this is a 10 out of 10 for me. I'm so happy I've got it. And I I couldn't resist not immersing myself in it and reading it and all this sort of stuff. But there is a part of me that kind of now thinks, yeah, he was just a guy. And I think that's a healthy view to have. But at the same time, we all love to live in a fantasy world and pretend, that, make really believe. That's really weird that, to me. Hmm. That, that thinking's really weird to me because I never thought he was anything but a guy. I don't yeah. know how you then reading the book makes you realize, oh, he's just a guy. What did you think he was before? I thought he was an alien. Like Sonny T? Maybe. Pretty but much. I, I, no, I genuinely, I never there are a that. few people, there are a few people, there's like a few people that on the planet who just possess something that appears so supernatural even among their peers where it's like is this person even human and like you build i mean i know you don't but but we sat down we talked to him for hours i know and you didn't think then you didn't think then he's just a guy just talking to me right now more so more so than i ever had before but in a way that was almost like i'm not going to say disappointing but you know how they say never meet your heroes now in this case it was an amazing experience barrel of laughs positive all the way but but yeah, I did kind of walk away going, oh, he's just a bloke. He's just, <laughs> oh, I will say one thing. Can't- you know what I think though? I think this book, it does both. It, it simultaneously shows him to be, he is just a, a guy. But at the same time, it shows what made him so special. It's mm, a good way of putting it. A nor- he's not a normal guy. Like, you know, he's constantly yeah. writing. He's constantly making up stuff. It's it's weird. It's wacky. It's funny. It's princely. Like, yeah, I just find it really fascinating. Yeah, I mean, this whole just a guy thing, it's like without banging on about it forever, I will say like everyone is just a guy or just a girl. Like you could, you could say that about anyone, but the reality is that <laughs> there's a very big difference between someone who, you know, has never... Yes, yes, he was human, and yes, he was great at playing guitar and vocals and all the other stuff he did, but that's but it. But the reason he's great at doing those things is that he he saw things from a... From, he, you know, he had his own mind, and it was... It's very... I don't know, I, I feel like he was a different kind of person. Like, he didn't see things the way most people see things. Now, so sometimes well, that was his greatest... It's a different some, breed. Yeah, sometimes that was his greatest attribute... Sometimes that was the most annoying thing about him, but I think um, detriment. Yeah. I don't know. I just it's really fascinating seeing this kind of stuff, and 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 it really it it simultaneously shows him to be he's just a guy, but he's not just he's yes he's just a guy, but he's not a normal guy. I think where Captain's going is he yeah. just likes to see the end result. Yeah, yeah which yeah. is the song, yeah. whereas the rest of us like to kind of see what makes him tick, mm. whereas Captain just is no, that's no The fascination is, is, is the music. And yeah. really, when you think about it, even our show, yeah. I mean, the fascination for 95 to 98 percent of it is the music. But I mean, we are talking about a memoir and it is so personal and private that it's, it's hard not to talk about some of this stuff. But Prince, the beautiful one's book review with I don't even know that we can call this a review, this next part. Captain's thoughts, yeah. I guess, on something that he I, hasn't read. I, I don't really have that much to say. I haven't read it. I'm probably not going to. I don't have any interest. Like, there is absolutely zero 
like feeling like there's nothing there there's there's not even one percent that's like oh but don't you want to read this or see that it's like no i just have you zero you're about the music like 100 percent. you want to you want to jam you want to party you want to you want to blow your head off in your car listening to music i don't you know all these pictures and all this stuff again I'm not getting up on the box and saying Prince wouldn't want this stuff out because, again, I don't even care about that. It's just that I don't care. It has nothing to do with what he wanted. It's just that I have no interest in that. Fair enough. And You you, you recognise you're in the minority, right? Mm. Uh, like, I've never heard anybody <laughs> say that they're not interested in this well, book except for you. Most people are curious, right? Like, in they the can't last, help themselves. In the last 10 plus years, I've been in the minority a fair few times. <laughs> so, yeah, for sure. it's no surprise. But yeah, I just I just don't care. I don't have okay. any interest in it. I have cool. more interest in this the Randy St. Nicholas photo book, even though I don't even care that much about photos. That is more interesting to me than this. Okay. Interesting. I've got one more thing to say about this book. Okay. And end, it, end okay. it with positive after me. <laughs> no well no, I, I I can't because there's a reason why I had to get the audio book and it's because I could not find the physical book oh. on the day of release. I went to five different places, couldn't find it. Yes, it was out in some places in Australia, but if they did have it, they might have had one copy, two copies at the max. I got my copy today, nine days after release. Okay, I wasn't looking for it every day, but the, definitely the first three days I was trying in every mm. single outlet, couldn't find it. I don't know what was going on. I used to work in a bookstore. I know how things work. I don't know why. I don't know if the if it's the buyers of the Australian bookstores, if they're like ordering lower numbers or, or what it is, but there was just no presence. And, you know, regardless if I was to buy this in a store or order it online, that doesn't matter. I'd like to go into a store and just like for curiosity's sake, like a mystery shopper, just to see mm. like a presence of prints there. That's what kind of gets me off in the sense like that I know that I can go in store and see like a nice big pile of Prince books and that people can go there and actually have the choice to pick it up or not. The fact that it wasn't represented anywhere, like I'm looking online, I can see like stores in US and UK doing big window displays and big, you know, crushed purple velvet, you know, stands with big stacks of books on it. There was like none of that in Australia. I'm not saying that you couldn't get in Australia, like because there was Australian fans that said, oh, look, I've got the book. So there was that. But just in general, the promotion of this book in the Australian market, I just have to put it out there for the international it was not good. listening. It wasn't, it was handled pretty poorly. If you compare that to the Elton John uh-huh. book, man, every bookstore I went to, man, I saw thousands and thousands and thousands of copies of that Elton John book. I'm sick of seeing it. <laughs> Um, that book is put out by Pam McMillan. If Random House are listening, or if Pam McMillan are listening, like Pam McMillan, what they ever did with um, Elton John, they did a really good job in promoting that. For some reason, I mean, now it's starting to trickle out. There is sort of a little bit more prints. I'm starting to see it a little bit more in stores, but it's still it's still not there. So there needs to be more of a presence, especially in this part of the world. It seems to be promoted pretty well in US and Europe. But in Australia, it just it's just kind of lacking something. And I just had to kind of put it out there because it was mm. really difficult to find. It wasn't easy. And there's just no presence there. I really like for it to be, you know, just music lovers that can go into a bookstore if they're not aware that the book's out, that they can just trip across it and go, oh, man, there's a Prince book, you know, i got to check this out. But really, if the bookstore does have it, it's kind of buried. There's uh, one copy. <laughs> in, in the as one copy and it's kind of buried in the section you really have to look for it 
So there's no real presence. I know I'm go- kind of going off on a tangent, but it really has to be said. They, they really need to do they a better job. They dropped the ball. Oh, after you told, time. like after about three days of you running around and I'm seeing you and you're saying, I went to this place, I went to this place. Even though I have zero interest, I walked past a Dimmick's bookstore and just looked at the first few like front displays where all the new stuff is. There was no Prince book. So there no. you go. <laughs> Well, Maybe it was well, sold out. I, I work in the city <laughs> the one and copy. I'm like two minutes from like the biggest bookstore in Sydney, like Dimmix. It's like one of the biggest. Mm. It's like three stories high. It's full of books. And there was nothing there. I mean, I think by the weekend they got their copies. But the first three days, I checked every single day. They never I had I think it. they were delayed like in Australia as well because them. my Amazon one, I ordered on Amazon.com.au and it came late. So um, I think there might have been a delay as yeah. well because a lot of the stores were saying well that there might have been a delay a but it doesn't stores make- were saying that they had it online but then you go to the store and they're like oh we can't find it yeah but that's the thing if they've got it in their inventory that's where it shows up and if they say they can't find it that just means they're kind of lazy in getting it out that's what i'm saying it's kind of poorly managed and there was other australian outlets that were selling it so it is out there it wasn't like the whole release was delayed it was just like it didn't seem to be a priority that's the feeling that i got on it well it's out there now you, know, you really have to <laughs> Yeah, it's out there now, but I mean, good luck in finding. After it. a few days, if you player was running around, Toe Jam was looking for it as well, and I'm just like laughing, going, "Thank God I don't give a crap about this book because I would be going mental if I was trying to find it and I couldn't find it." So yeah, it was good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the beautiful ones. It's out now. Don't go and buy it. <laughs> so that's the beautiful ones, the Prince book covered. Go get it if you can find it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it should be out everywhere by now, we would hope. But um, what else has been happening? Well, you guys were at Caloundra representing. Oh, it was fantastic. Mm. Now the show's yeah. out. If you NPG. haven't heard that show, go and listen to the show before this one, NPG at Caloundra Music Festival. And if you're in Europe... Go and see them because they're playing all November and December, yeah, I think. Definitely recommend the shows. We had so much fun with them here in Australia. Apparently, they're switching up set lists. So definitely go and check it out. And if you're going to the shows in preparation, go and listen to our Caloundra review show. You'll hear interviews with Tony, Morris, Mackenzie, Sunny T. And Sunny T. So if you go to these shows and uh, Sunny T is playing at one of those shows... Uh, if you get a chance, go up to Tony M and tell them and that they've got to play, play Get, get Wild. Wild. <laughs> Just do that. That's all you got to do. Tell him, don't tell him, don't say anything else about, you know, this just message comes from Just walk up to him out of nowhere. Don't even say Australia. hi. Just, just, say, just say to Tony M, Get Wild. I, I hear that um, <laughs> I hear that Tony M's you. changed some of the lyrics to Days Wild. He's now saying, oh, feel the burn compared to cool. <laughs> 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 feel the burn, he said. No. Well, there's a lot. Oh. <laughs> So thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Peace. Bye-bye. Kill. You've been listening to another classic Peach and Black podcast. Catch all our episodes at podbean.com, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Mixcloud, and all good podcast directories. Search for Peach and Black Podcast. You can continue your Peach and Black experience online. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. The Peach and Black Podcast is written and produced by Rob S, MC, Player, Toe Jam, and Captain. Original theme music by yours truly, Toe Jam. Audio production and additional audio editing by Captain at Funky Temple Studios. Episode artwork by Reverend. 
share our podcast with your friends and Prince fans. If you love our show, please write a review on Apple Podcasts. You can contact the Peach and Black Podcast by email at peachandblackpodcastofficial at gmail.com. 